Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org ay. That's puredesire.org ay. You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. Hey, 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 I am your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 234 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me as always, my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Syrup and coffee? Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Um, so I'm, we're hoping, we're just hoping that our listeners have recently seen that movie and know exactly what you're talking yes, about. Yes. There, there is a question of how many different podcast intros can I take from the same movie? Yeah. Cause I'd probably need to go back through, but I bet that's five or six now from the movie Elf. Yeah. And for sure, every time we get to Christmas, yeah. I, I do one from Elf. It is for my family, kind of the, uh, inauguration of the Christmas yeah. season yeah. is, is watching that. Um, but also I was thinking about that quote because it is, he's learning a new thing, right? Yep. And, yep. and today's episode, I think is an opportunity just for us to share some things that we've seen and learned yep. and maybe someone partway through go, oh, why didn't I think of that? Yep. Because it's not necessarily revolutionary stuff. Right. Uh, it's just good ideas and good content and we promise it won't get you drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hold on. I'm working. I'm working to get past that one. Okay. Let's just, let's get in. So you and I, uh, we just, just you and me, we just sat down. There was no guest. We don't need a guest. We can carry a podcast. Um, but we sat down to review 2021 and really look for, uh, look forward into 2022. What can health and recovery look like? Yeah. And I think it's important for all of us to do this in life, in recovery, just those moments to kind of pause and say, what am I learning? What do I need to work on moving forward? Yep. And again, I think that's what today's episode is about, is just to try to provide some perspective on where we're at in the world and recovery and what might it look like. And, and maybe not all of it applies to every one of you, but hopefully a, a lot of it does. And it will stir your thinking yep. about what what kind of things do you really want to develop in the coming year? Yeah. And I, I, I love these episodes because I feel like we're able to speak more than just two healing and recovery work specifically, but also look at some of the things on the peripheral that actually help with our recovery and healing. A few things before we get to it, subscribe to the podcast, run all the major platforms. And uh, listen, we've been at 391 reviews for a couple of weeks now. I'm going to need somebody to get in there. Okay. I'm going to need somebody to get in there 
Give us a nice review. Be honest, but give us a nice review. Let us know how you feel about it. It does help other people find the podcast. You can also follow us on social media at Pure Desire PDMI. And these full episodes are now up on YouTube. Just search Pure Desire Ministries. And then Nick, we did this um, a couple episodes ago. We just want to remind people again that we offer a free 15-minute consultation for our Pure Desire clinical program. Yes, we do. Okay. Want me to talk about it? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> we encourage you. Uh, if you've ever thought, is pure desire counseling a good fit for me? Uh, is what I'm going through applicable? Is this what they help with? Um, am I a good candidate for the program? Yeah. That's what the consultation is about. It's not 15 minutes of free counseling. <laughs> it's 15 minutes of understanding yeah. is counseling a good fit for me? Yeah. And it's, it is free because we just want you to be able to ask your questions, talk with one of our clinicians. And then from there, decide um, really what you're ready to move forward with. Mm -hmm. So highly encourage it. You can go on the website, you can schedule a time yep. and yep. Um, be able to get some of your questions answered. Absolutely. So a recap, you learn more about counseling, you ask questions about our program and processes, and then we'll discuss next steps. So for a free counseling consultation, just visit puredesire.org slash consultation. All right, here is the last episode of 2021 with just you and I, and we're talking through 2021, a year in review. Nick, it's just you and me today. And there goes half our listeners. Oh, Thanks no. for mentioning it. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. In the intro, you'll hear that it's just us today anyway. Oh, um, so so they've already passed. checked yeah. out. Oh, now great. we're just adding a double dose of like, So those okay, that are still listening, they are, they're, they're yeah. the faithful, the true, the true fans. We appreciate you very yes, much. We, we do. We have a podcast mug for you. Um, okay. So today we want to talk about 2021, um, another interesting year in our world, for sure, on a lot of different levels. We want to recap the year, um, look at some healthy practices for moving into 2022, and then give yes. some encouragement on really just how to stay healthy um, in the next year. For sure. So, um, all right. So 2021 was a crazy year um, in, in so many ways. Um, and I've seen some memes on this too, but it feels like 2021 was just side B of 2020. Yeah. You know, remember those cassette tapes where you had to flip it and listen? Sorry. I know I'm, this is not really my, you know, it's more anyways, I'm going to move on. So <laughs> like 2020, basically part two. So aside from the ups and downs of really the pandemic, which we were just talking before we started recording, recording that there's just still so many things that are uncertain um, about the pandemic and everything that's going on with COVID. Um, but what are some other things maybe aside from the pandemic that were difficult that 2021 brought? Yeah, I, I think in the year we've been through because of, I mean, everything from the pandemic to mandates and vaccines and, and differing opinions and um, obviously still the political landscape being yeah. very contentious. And uh, you used the word already, but I, I think one of the major factors that impacts the recovery journey is uncertainty. Yeah. That sense of being unsettled, of not knowing what to count on, maybe having something start or stop or not knowing when it will start. Um, and I, I really think for the person in recovery, and this can be whether they're in um, recovery from their own struggle or from betrayal trauma, having healthy structure in our life, whether it's relationships or routines or self-care is really significant. And I think for a lot of people, 2021 just created that uncertainty that that maybe has been a challenge. Um, and I think we can talk more about ways that we address that. And the other thing, you know, I think I've felt a lot about, and I'm hearing a ton from, in particular, like youth culture, is just how much anxiety there is in our world. And yep. anxiety, I think, is, is fueled by fear and the unknown and yep. 
people people getting sick, people losing jobs. I mean, there's just anxiety for so many things. And I think the danger for us in recovery is, is the way, it's what I call, um, uh, I, I call it restless anxiety. Yeah. It's anxiety that we don't even necessarily know exactly where it's coming from. We yeah. just feel yep. it yep. in our body yep. or in our brains. And it just, I think it's the sort of thing that can lead us into unhealthy choices um, and ways of coping or numbing out or escaping. Yeah. Uh, because often we don't name it until maybe we're already veering into something unhealthy. Totally. So anxiety is something I think that we've seen a lot more of. And the, the third thing that came to mind for me is just the level of anger in our society. Yep. Because everything right now does seem to be, de be divisive. Mm -hmm. And even if we don't see ourselves as kind of a polarized person, and I, right. I, that's kind of my personality. I tend to be a centrist on a lot of things. I, I kind of see both sides and see it both ways. And I understand there's, there's two sides to every story. Um, but even for me, someone that kind of almost, you know, prides himself on being a, a central kind of thinker on a lot of stuff, it's just easy to get caught up in the anger around us. And, and just somewhat like anxiety, I think anger tends to become what I would call like a justifying emotion. Yeah. It's like, well, because I'm angry, then yeah. it's okay that I overate yeah. or it's okay yeah. that I numbed out on Facebook way longer than I needed mm -hmm. to, or that I, you know, just binge Netflix or whatever I, I'm doing yeah. to kind of deal with my anger. It's like, well, it better that than exploding on someone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to a degree that might be right. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. glad you didn't yell at your wife right. or kids, right. but it, it, it's unprocessed anger that just continues to drive us into unhealthy choices. And I, I think right now we just live in a very angry culture. Yep. And even if we don't see ourselves as an angry person, um, it, it's an emotion that is just so prevalent. We've probably been caught up and impacted by it some way or another. So I think yeah. those three things, I just encourage yeah. people to really at this kind of reflection point between years of like, how much uncertainty is there in my life? How much yeah. anxiety and how much anger? Yeah. Because those are things that can really drive us into a lot of unhealthy patterns. Well, and I think to your point about anger, we don't have a lot of ways that we've been taught to process our anger well. Um, you know, I have a really close friend that we talk about this often that um, specifically for men, we're taught that anger is really the only emotion you can show. And I, and I realized too, that there's a downside to that too, that women in so many ways are taught that they can't show anger, that it's not ladylike, or it's not proper or whatever it may be. And so I think we don't really know how to express that anger. What's the outlet for that? Um, and so I think a lot of that is a down, a downfall. Um, if we are experiencing that anger, I know I experienced it for sure this year. Um, I think part of that anger too, is that any decision you make, especially when it comes to like vaccines, and, and again, we're not a political show. We don't claim to be that by any means, but this is something that impacts us. We live in a world that has a lot of political forces, you know, going back and forth on stuff. But I think that um, any decision I make, whether to get vaccinated or not get vaccinated, to wear a mask or not wear a mask, to uh, stay in my homes and not, you know, not go out or not homes. I don't have multiple homes. <laughs> stay in your home or or go out. Every decision, there's someone who's, it's, it's going to bring scrutiny, uh, you know, to your point of like people being angry and this divisive nature. And to me, every decision I make, like automatically people are going to think it's the wrong decision. That is very stressful and anxiety inducing to me. And so I think that that's definitely um, another one. And, and honestly, if we think about recovery and addiction, a lot of it has to do with safety. Um, you know, we grew up and it, it, it wasn't something that we felt safe in our homes or in certain situations. And we reached out to that numbing out of pornography, masturbation, love addiction, whatever it may be. Um, 
and did that in a way to bring safety. And right now, the world does not feel like a safe place for most people, um, if probably for all people. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I think that that's also another thing that we need to consider is that those feelings we had when we were maybe a kid or growing up where we weren't safe and we needed that thing to numb out with, um, which played a role and helped us survive, you know, if we're trying to stay healthy, there aren't a lot of things, you know, like one of the biggest things with this pandemic has been you're isolated and you're at home. Um, and the one thing to help you with isolation and break out of that is to have relationship and be in community with people. But people are saying, no, 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 we can't do that. And so I think it's just added a huge challenge of how do I create safety when it's such an unsafe world? Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, in a lot of ways, 2021 felt like side B of 2020. Right. And so as we've brought up these issues, what are some of the ways we might encourage listeners to, to deal with things like mm -hmm. stress, trauma, and anxiety? Because there is no guarantee that 2022 will look all that different. Yep. So how can we yep. learn to manage these strong emotions better? Honestly, the biggest thing for me is talking about my emotions um, and doing it in a way where um, I'm inviting people in to help me process through it, to help me make connections. Um, I think for me, I'm not an overly emotional person. Um, I tend to be very much in my head um, and my thoughts. And so I, I'm driven by thoughts and not emotion. And so for me, I'll like... Uh, I'll just logic away all those emotions that I have and and not allow myself to feel them. And when those get bent up, they come out sideways. And so I think that that's one of the biggest things that I would encourage. And it's this two-sided thing where it's talk about your emotions, share them with other people and allow them to help you make sense of it. I think that that's how, uh, for me, I'm, I'm working on that in my own recovery. And I see so many people could benefit from that, that owning, identifying and sharing with other people, the emotions that we're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. I think things that come to mind for me are like journaling, you know, getting yeah. out on paper yeah. so I can see what I'm dealing with and even have a record of where was I a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. I've, I've found that to be tremendously helpful through my life. And, and I think the question of just routinely asking ourselves why, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? And it, what we've said on the podcast several other times, like what makes this make sense? Yep. Because if I'm feeling a heightened level of anxiety, stress, anger, fear, whatever emotion I'm really aware of, there's a why behind it. Those emotions, um, again, like we said on the podcast, are just indicators of deeper yep. things. They're like the warning lights on the dashboard saying something's going on in the engine. Right. You need to go check it out. Yep. And I think the more we ask and get at the why question, it can help us do some deeper work with others yep. and with ourselves and with God. Um, you know, just a small example of this from my own life. You know, I'm, I realize I get very passionate about sports and I tend to be a competitive person. And for that reason, we'll sometimes avoid competitions because I know my totally. myself. Um, but it's been a really tough year for my NFL football team. Uh, as you know, the Seattle Seahawks are really struggling. And I really... Like, it's not just that I'm disappointed when they lose. Like, there are deep, like, anger emotions, mm -hmm. frustration. Mm -hmm. And as I ask the why question, one of the things I realized that tucked into my thinking, there's this thought pattern that if, if my team plays poorly, people who know I'm a fan of that team will make fun of me. Mm -hmm. And they will think less of me, yeah. which is kind of some childhood wounds and trauma sure. there of sure. being mocked and ridiculed by friends over yeah. things. and. And just realizing it tapped in that I was like, wow, I'm yeah. I'm really at a yeah. deep level, like connecting this, yeah. what's supposed to be, you know, a fun, engaging thing of totally. sports that yeah. I have zero, you know, say over what the Seahawks yeah. do or yeah. whether they win or lose. And yet I connect with it as if my reputation is on mm -hmm. the line. Yeah. 
And so that doesn't necessarily mean I solved that problem. <laughs> it's an ongoing issue, but it did help me see what what's driving the emotion and totally. what are what are some things I need to step into it to work through it in a in a better way. It's it's interesting to me because when you share that, um, I think there would have been a time in life where I'd have been like, that's just childish. Like, why? Like, it's just sports. Like, you don't know Russell Wilson, yeah. you don't know Pete Carroll. Like, I feel like I do. Totally, These no, are my totally, buzz. totally, but. <laughs> But it's not like, you know, it's connected to um, to so many things. So I think what I love about you asking that question is instead of shaming yourself, like I shouldn't feel this way, it's just sports, you are, to use Jenna Remersma's language, you're moving toward that. Um, you're not moving away. You're not trying to avoid it. And I like that. I think that's a really helpful thing that if something bothers you, whether it seems childish or ridiculous or whatever, there's something there. Like it doesn't just bother you. It's not superficial. There's something to it. So that's a good word for, mm -hmm. for people is ask why, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. Um, so again, with 2020 and now 2020 part two being 2021, um, there was a lot of negative that happened. We're not going to talk a lot about that um, anymore, but I want us to look at what are some positive things that 2021 brought, whether it's in the church, it's in the world and culture, or maybe even here at Pure Desire, what are some things that are positive? Like, let's lean that yeah. way a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think we're seeing the value of human connection. And in particular, I'll say honestly, in-person connection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that there is definitely some efficiencies of Zoom meetings and we do them all the time here. All the time. But when you're actually able to sit in a room with someone or hang out with them in person and and have that person-to-person -person connection, there's, mm -hmm. there's meaning there. And I remember like early in this year, even at the tail end of 2020, you know, getting to go back to some things we hadn't done in a long yeah. time. And it's like, man, this is so good. Yeah. It's so good to be together. And I think there were just a lot of things uh, as a society we took for granted mm -hmm. that we're remembering how much connection means to us. And I, I think that's a real positive because yeah. we're wired that way. Uh, another positive, you know, that I'm seeing is just the way we're, and this might sound odd at first, but hear me out. Mm -hmm. We are we are so fractured, I think, as a society right yeah. now that I'm hopeful that we are we're relearning the ability to be friends with people that don't think like us. Yes. Because initially in 2020, like when the pandemic started, I think it was uh, to a degree it was possible to kind of find people that were thinking about the issues mostly the way you were. Yeah. But the more this has gone on, the more the issues have become multi-layered, and now it's you know it's not just to shut down or not shut down. That was like 2020. Now it's it's the mandates and the vaccines and and the new variants and all the yep. different, you know, regulations and things that are coming out like if you can find someone that thinks about every issue the way you do, you probably haven't talked about enough of the issues because you're going to find disagreement right. <laughs> with every single person. Right. Totally. And and I think just realizing like, oh, we don't have to be in these camps of like yeah. pro vaccine, anti vaccine, pro like Yeah. We can we can come to a deeper commonality, and mm -hmm. you know, as we believe that commonality in Christ, yeah. uh, in, in our recovery groups, like what we have in common is far stronger. Yeah. And if on some of the issues we have disagreements, I think we're learning like we can be okay. We can navigate through this. Yeah. Um, you know, real positive at, at PD too. As I'm thinking about where we sit today, is just this year for us a major focus was putting together a group leader training video series. And so I know that's not necessarily related to our conversation, but as I look at 2021, I think that's going to yeah. be a huge highlight yeah. of just putting into video format 
some of the principles that Ted Nahan Roberts implemented yep. in groups 20 years ago. Yep. Um, they created a video training series probably 20 years ago that yep. is badly outdated. I mean, co great content, but badly yeah, outdated. Right, right. So just so excited that we've been able to do that process mm -hmm. and really looking forward to having that come out in 2022. Yeah, we're really excited about that. We just, um, we just very recently wrapped shooting for that. And so we're really excited about where that's going. Um, okay. A couple things that came to mind for me. Um, and I think if you've been listening to the podcast for this last year, maybe year and a half, um, you will probably have noticed that there is more, more of our conversations seem to be also moving toward the betrayal trauma side. Um, and not meaning that, um, we didn't value that before, but I just, what I'm sensing is a, is a higher level of comfort talking about it even inside the church, um, just thinking about this last year, becoming more familiar with the organizations out there that directly work with and help betrayed spouses. Um, but even, you know, we released an ebook, you know, Seven Keys to Understanding Betrayal Trauma. If you look at the podcast list from this last, last year, a lot had to deal with betrayal trauma. Um, and so I, I just sense that that voice is growing, not in a bad way at all, but in a positive way is growing louder and more prevalent. And I think that that's great because that's giving voice to what people are experiencing and also is um, giving people the courage to step out and ask for help and pursue it. Um, you know, for us, we are um, in the middle of revamping our Betrayal and Beyond content um, workbook for women who are betrayed spouses. And Honestly, I'm really, really excited to see that because our staff, it feels like too here at Pure Desire, has really circled around that topic and wanted to um, to work to reach those women and and really help. So that's one thing. The second thing, um, and I think this is something in culture that we've been seeing over the last couple of years, but just the negative effects of pornography, um, specifically with pornography being directed toward children, um, toward young children, and then also just the negative impact it has um, with relationships, with the brain, um, with you know, its connection to sex trafficking. I just feel like that voice is also getting a lot more loud. Um, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that um, we're seeing people, my favorite part, um, I want these people to come to know the Lord, but my favorite part is when I watch people who are not associated with the church, don't follow Jesus, are talking about the things that we're talking about in the church of how damaging this is to relationships, how damaging this is to life. And so those are two things I've seen that are just really, really encouraging to me from this last year. Yeah. yeah so as we do look at like the coming year and, and heading into 2022, it, it does feel like a lot uh, that we've been experiencing, we will continue to experience, yes, whether it's political sure. upheaval, yep. um, virus issues, mandate issues. Like mm -hmm. there's just a lot that's carrying forward and, and feels now maybe yeah. too normal, like this is just our world. So with that in mind, what kind of practices or habits would we suggest that that people really lean into yeah. in terms of building health in 2022? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got four of them that I wrote down that I'm working to practice in my oh, life. Wow. Four, I know. Um, overachiever, man. Stop it. <laughs> um, so, well, the, the, the first one, I'm not an overachiever. This is something that me and my wife started prioritizing at the end of 2019. Um, was practicing Sabbath every week. Um, and I think that that's something that's just so valuable for us that we take a 24-hour period where we're not on our phones, we're not on social media, we um, are not uh, working. Like we're truly resting in, we're, we're relaxing, we're resting and we're refreshing as a family. And that's been a really, really cool rhythm. Um, I wish I had had time to go into all the ways I feel like it's impacted me personally and my family, but just a great practice. Um, another spiritual discipline 
that I would encourage people to look into is creating or crafting a rule of life. Um, it's basically you create um, a structure for how you're going to live your life. It's basically putting it down on paper. These are the things I'm going to do. These are the things I'm not going to do. These are the practices and disciplines I want to implement um, to become the person of peace that I want to become. I want to become more like Christ. And so that's something as we go into 2022, I've worked on it a little bit, but I really want to reestablish what my rule of life is um, and, and do that with people, invite people into that. Uh, the third one I had is just one of my favorite things, one of my favorite practices I do, and it's journaling. You've already talked about it so far in this episode. Um, something that allows me to, um, in so many ways, like dive into the pool of my emotions and my thoughts and just swim around and be present with them. But it's also a way that I can connect it to my conversations with the Lord. Um, and it, it's just great because, and I'll just say there's this hidden thing, and I've, I've said this to you before um, in conversations. I've shared this a lot with other people that... When I journal my prayers, I actually did this a couple of days ago. I'll go back and look at months back mm. and look at what I was praying for and look at some of the things like, oh, that's still there. But then also identify this is this is the answered prayers that I've gotten. Like the Lord has answered this prayer and this prayer and look at where life has gone. For me, it, it creates these like signposts, you know, that I can, these mile markers I can look back on. Um, in 2021, this is the last one for me. In 2021, for the first time in my life, I started therapy. Um, I meet with a counselor every other week um, and it has been truly, we've been meeting for only a couple months. It has been incredible. Uh, just the ability um, to sit down with someone and share and process out loud and help have them help you make sense of what's going on and give you the tools to manage your emotions and your thoughts and your behaviors. Um, Jacob has been an incredible blessing in my life and I've just been thankful for that. Um, cause I'm go I've been going through a, a pretty tough season the last, um, really the last year and he's been able to help me make connections and, um, and clip the connections that actually aren't there mm -hmm. in so many ways. And so I think even more so than I ever have, I would encourage people that therapy is absolutely a practice to implement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we have a team of 15 therapists that would love to get to know <laughs> your right. name and That's have right. you say, I'm thankful for right. my PD therapist. Uh, yeah, as, as I think about it, you know, looking into the next year, we talk about guardrails a lot, mostly in terms of, you know, helping someone stay safe from their old addictive pattern or helping of a trade spouse rebuild trust and feel safe. But I really would remind listeners that guardrails are just about health and yeah. what keeps me healthy. And, yeah. and I think we need to have some honest assessment of in the culture we're in, what moves us towards health and what doesn't. And so, you know, seeing a lot of people just be aware that being connected on social media all day, every day is not healthy for them and, <laughs> and people taking timeouts, which is great. But I also think of things just like, I'm only going to check it once a day during this time when I know I can, you know, update my status, see what some friends are up to, but not get embroiled in some of the conflict. Or maybe for others, it's watching news or what you're reading. Just if, if you realize there are certain activities you routinely do that create the stress, anxiety, fear, yeah. anger, um, creating healthy guardrails around how I um, consume those things or maybe not have them in my life yeah. because my health is worth it. And, and so with that, I think it's just a great time, especially you know, end of a year into a new year, to just pull out a three circles tool. Yeah. If you have one and if you've never used one, creating one that, yep. that just defines you know, that middle circle of what would I consider a relapse or what are things that I've committed not to doing. Yep. The, the middle, the uh, in-between circle, what are the gu healthy guardrails that I'm choosing to follow? And then yeah. the outer circle, what are the healthy practices I pursue? Because what I was really going to get at is 
we've probably all found in 2021 things we do to cope, whether it's eating, drinking, you know, the social media in unhealthy ways. Yeah. Are we continuing to develop what I can do instead? Mm -hmm. um, We've said it before, but how Dr. Ted Roberts talks about that we were all designed to be addicted to Jesus, yeah. but we learned to yeah. be addicted to something else. Right. And I, I really think that can be um, a positive reminder to say, yes, my faith in Christ is central. And also mm -hmm. I've, I've just got a personality that reaches out to things to kind of meet a need or make me feel good. And if, if those things are healthy relationships, um, exercise, being with friends, uh, going for a walk and Nate, just things that refuel and rebuild me, we want to create those patterns in our life. And so I, I think this is a great time just to say to ourselves, what are the practices I want to do less of and the yeah. things I need to do more of so that I'm really walking yeah. in health this year? Absolutely. So let's look at that um, a little bit more with so much anxiety, uncertainty of facts, uncertainty of safety. Um, and really many churches and communities, if they're not they're not meeting in person at all. They might have a hybrid. It's just, it's not what we're used to still in so many ways. What should recovery with all that stuff in 2022, as we move into the new year, what should recovery look like? Yeah, I think in terms of recovery, I would ask the question, what can I commit to? What, what will be my structure? And so maybe it looks different than it would have a couple of years ago. But if, if you're saying I'm in an online group or I've got a circle of friends that I meet with, my encouragement would be commit to it and yep. make it a high priority that you say, I just, I don't miss. Because with so much that is uncertain, to know you've got something reliable that creates a checkpoint, that creates relationship, um, I, I think is just absolutely crucial. Uh, and another thing that comes to mind just in thinking of recovery uh, is remembering the, 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 the right thing to do is often the hard thing to do. Preach. That often what we need to do is address the areas where we're making excuses yeah. And I think the season we're in, whether it's COVID or politics or all this stuff, yeah. it is easy to listen to excuses of like, well, you know, they require masks, so I don't go. Or, well, they, you know, I'd have to get this done. And so I just, I don't participate. And like, I, I think sometimes we need to have an honest conversation with ourselves and trusted friends of like, am I just taking the easy way out by not engaging in things that would be healthy for me? Whether it is counseling, being in a group, yeah. going through some kind of recovery process. Yeah. We need to lean in and do hard things. And I, I think this season has maybe made us um, a, a little bit uh, fearful of doing those things. And this would just be a great time to recognize what have I avoided? What excuses am I listening to? And how could I choose to do yeah. the right thing, even yeah. if it's the hard thing? Yeah. I think the only thing I'd add is just to pay attention. I think with the newness of everything that we've had over the last couple of years um, is with these new experiences, with not having maybe a, a community that we meet with every single week, or maybe some of the rhythms we had with relationships. I know, I know for Amy and I, like our relationships with our friends, the rhythm has absolutely been wild, you know, um, where it's like, what, what, do you remember when we used to hang out with friends every week, you know? And it's like, we, sometimes we go weeks on end where it's just like, God, we need to have somebody over. Like this feels weird. I think you just pay attention because there are things that we're experiencing. Um, you, you know, what, what comes to mind is like lack of, of connection and community can very quickly lead to isolation. And then we find ourselves maybe doing some habits after this last like two years, this last year and a half to two years. It's like, why am I back in that old behavior again? I don't understand. And so my encouragement is just, just pay attention. Like, what are the things that you're seeing? What are the things that trigger you? What are the things you're experiencing? Maybe it's at, maybe you're working from home. 
and you feel like you are just surrounded by chaos, you know, with your your family or uh, roommates around. Um, maybe it's you know the lack of face to face connection, um, and that's having an impact. So I think if just pay attention to how different the world has been and how those things are impacting us, I think is a really important piece to recovery because. What we'll realize is that when we get into certain situations, we're still feeling the same wounds that we had before. They're just getting poked differently than they had been uh, in the past. So pay attention. Yeah. That's my yeah, that's yeah. my thing. Well, I know this is a question you really like, Trevor. Uh, so I to give, added it today. Yeah, <laughs> to, to really give people some book recommendations, yeah. podcast resources. What are what are things like that we would recommend people check out in 2022 just to yes. add to their library yes. of health and recovery? I got four books and a podcast. Um, so I'll start with the books. There's a book called Love Thy Body by Dr. Nancy Piercy. Um, and she talks about what's called personhood theory. And it's really the ideological backbone to um, abortion, to LGBTQ issues, um, to the general sex ethic in our culture. Um, to euthanasia, um, a lot of things like that. And, and what she does is she argues that uh, your body is actually part of being created in the image of God and it has tons of value and how the world, um, though it may seem like they're valuing the body more than Christians or followers of Jesus are, it's actually the opposite. Um, she, she makes a really good argument for that. Um, and so I, I highly, highly suggest, especially someone who's in recovery would uh, read or listen to the audiobook of that. One I just finished by one of my favorite authors, John Mark Comer. It's his brand new book called Live No Lies um, and talks about how um, we combat uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil and how um, a lot of the things that we do fight are lies that are taught to us or that we consume. Um, and the idea that we're not, if we're not being formed into the image of Jesus, it doesn't mean that we're not being formed. We're always being formed, either in the image of the world and our enemy or the image of Jesus. And so, um, excellent book. Um, I powered through that one very quickly. Uh, and I would suggest you do that one. Um, two more. Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. Um, it's amazing. I, I cannot, it's a huge book. I cannot cover everything. Um, but your body holds the trauma that you experience and your body in so many ways does keep the score. Um, if you read any book in 2022 from my, from my stance, read that book, please. Um, and then another one that I think a lot of people in recovery need to be aware of is one called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. Um, and it is an exploration of Jesus's statement about his heart, that his heart is gentle and lowly. Um, and it's an exploration of truly how Jesus, how God, how the Trinity, how they feel about us um, and how their approach to us is not arms crossed, cranky in the sky. It is someone who's compassionate and is with us and is gentle toward us. So that's a big one. Um, and then for many of our listeners, I hope they've checked it out, but you and I are big fans of the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Um, sorry, did you not want me to say that out loud? I'm a huge fan of this podcast. Nick will tell you if he is or not, um, by Christianity today. And it really is just an exploration of Mark Driscoll and, and the church that was Mars Hill in Seattle. That was really big. But what I love about it is it's an exploration, a journalistic exploration of spiritual trauma, um, and the cultures in our church and the negative impacts that can happen. Um, when we become so personality centric and we become about numbers um, and we really don't look at, um, we don't look critically at what's happening in our churches. And so I think that it's a, it's not a fun listen. You're not just going to be so pumped and want to like go, you know, run through the field with your friends. You're going to want to like sit down and maybe like, I don't know. 
I feel like I need a glass of whiskey after every episode. Um, but it is so well done and is very, uh, it, it just helps you think through the culture in the church in a really positive way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy it because I lived in Washington for all the years of the rise and fall go. of Mars Hill. And so a lot of these were stories I knew kind of peripherally and to get the inside of what yeah. was really happening has yeah. been very, very interesting. Uh, I, I feel the the approach has a little bit of an anti-megachurch bias and mm -hmm. some things that I'm not totally yeah. on board with. But I what I do really like about it is how it's analyzing the culture of spiritual leadership and why is it so hard yeah. for people in leadership to be real to be authentic, to ask for help, um, to be humble. I just, all the issues I think stem from a lot of arrogance yeah. and and separation from people that could have spoken into Mark Driscoll's life and being accountable to someone. Yeah. And yeah. really all the things in recovery, we say, if you wanna be a healthy person, you need these things. Mm -hmm. and, and I would say Mark Driscoll was not unique in that. Even though he's a unique person, he was not unique in the, the, the challenges he faced as being a well-known leader. And we're seeing carnage like that happen to yep. spiritual leaders all over our country. And so uh, I do hope that Pure Desire uh, can be a part of a revolution of leadership. Mm -hmm. And so I'm intrigued by the, the podcast for a lot of those reasons. Yeah, uh, those are great books. The, the three that I wanna recommend are three I have not read, but I'm looking forward to reading yeah, because I really know and trust these authors. Uh, the first is a favorite author of mine named Gary Thomas. He wrote a book that I wasn't aware of um, called When to Walk Away. Yeah. And I'm intrigued to read it. Uh, it was recommended to me just an understanding of when relationships become toxic, when when people are not helpful, and what does it look like to create those kind of guardrails and boundaries that might mean there's not really relationship anymore. Yeah. Um, and doing that in a way that honors God, because to me, the way I grew up is like, you should just always yes. be trying to yes. work on relationship with 100%. everyone. And, and to ever walk away would just be like, anti-Christian. Yeah, yeah. And yet the, the friend who recommended it to me, that's exactly what he pointed out. He's like, think of all the times Jesus walked away from people. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't try to, to keep reaching out to Pharisees and right. people that were self-righteous. He's like, I've come for those that know they need a doctor, that know yeah. they're sick. And if yeah. you don't think you need my help, sayonara. Yeah, got more um, people to help over here. Yeah, so right. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Sheila Ray Gregoire, a uh, favorite on the podcast yes. this year, is writing a new book called A Good Guy's Guide to Great Sex. Some of you have maybe heard of her book, A Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex. Yep. This is really for the men and I'm super excited about it. I've been getting to read a preview copy. Nice. And uh, if you've appreciated what she shared on our podcast, this book is a must read. Cool. Uh, and then the final one, just another favorite author of ours is Kurt Thompson. And he's got a new book, The Soul of Desire, yep. really analyzing um, our desires, where they come from mm -hmm. and, and how we how we live with them in a way that honors God. So looking forward to those three books this year. Totally. So we hope that those suggestions help you with your content library for 2022. Um, and we truly believe that um, one way to make sure that recovery is continually happening is that we're continuing to grow, to learn, to um, press into maybe some areas that we do need growth and we do need more information and we do need encouragement. So we hope that you take some of those suggestions and that you also find really great resources um, obviously we, we believe and know that most of you who are listening do use pure desire resources, but listen, supplemental stuff is always encouraged. Please continue to learn and grow. Um, all right. So let's end the episode with this question. And, and it's very, obviously it can be very vague, but what do we want to encourage people with, you know, wherever they're at, think of all the different types of people that are listening to the podcast. What do we want to encourage them, um, to maybe consider or to do as we move into the new year? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, there's two quotes that honestly I've been kind of just pondering on, especially as we move towards a new year and it's kind of that season of like, okay, what am I working on? And um, the first one I honestly believe is original to me and that I said it in a sermon a lot of years ago. And it's it's so convicting to me that I keep coming back to it. Yeah. yeah, like, um, and, and what I said way back when was this, that I will not be tomorrow anything I'm unwilling to be today. Mm. And I think a lot of us get in this mindset, oh, I want to, you know, one day I'm going to be this great, deep, wise, spiritual person, yeah. right? Yeah. And yet today I'm not willing to take time to really be with God or yeah. go deeper. Yeah. Or we feel like, I'm going to, man, I'm, I just want to be this great dad and have this great relationship with my kids. And yet today I'm not willing to take yeah. the time to play a game with my boys or right. go for a walk with my wife or go out, you know, for coffee with my daughter. Like, so there's all these things. And, and I think what is helpful for me in that is it, it can be easier for me to look at who do I want to be 10 years from now? What, what do I want my legacy to be? And then to kind of rewind and go, well, if that's who I want to be, what should that look like today? Because I'll never be that tomorrow unless I start walking in some of those things today. And so that's what I'm looking at You know, in the new year. How do I implement more regular practices like that? Um, the second quote is not unique to me, but I really also feel a connection to it and connected to the first one. But the quote says that our life is the accumulation of many small, seemingly insignificant decisions. Yeah. That, that in the moment, the things we choose to do, to spend our yeah. time on, to occupy our thoughts, to, to watch on TV, mm -hmm. um, yeah. really be, over time define who we are. Yes. And in the, the challenge is that in the moment, none of them feel that important, but we look back and we realize that's that's defined who I am. And so, I, you know, I'm just making choices about media use and cell phone use and things yeah. that I'm like, these small, seemingly insignificant choices yeah. are adding up to a way of life that um, honestly isn't, I think, really helping me be the person I want to be. Yeah. So. Uh, both those quotes go to the idea, just kind of at the more micro level, mm -hmm. analyzing who I am and the choices I make yeah. so that um, over time on the macro level, they really yep. influence the kind of person I'm becoming. Yep, absolutely. Um, the only thing I would add to that, honestly, is just um, scheduling self-care. I think we would love to assume or hope or think that self-care just happens <laughs> and it doesn't. Um, we get busy. We are doing our job, we're caring for our families, we're doing our recovery work. Um, but I think that, and I, I've said this uh, recently on the podcast that my one of my favorite authors, Michael Hyatt, says that what gets scheduled gets done. And I think that it's a really important piece to schedule self-care. And like just some examples, like going to see a movie. For me, honestly, going to see a movie by myself is one of those things. I'm just able to disconnect and go and I come back in a better mood. Um, but maybe you go with other people, uh, reading, golf, a spa day, heaven forbid, we set, a, we set up a spa day for ourselves and just go. I think in some ways we feel like it's selfish um, and get and get too, we act like as if it's selfish care and it's not, it's self-care. Um, and so I think that scheduling it is really something that I think a lot of people, especially in our day and age right now with where we're at, need to do in recovery as we move in. So uh, I would ask the listeners to do that with me in 2022. Um, Cause I just, I want to become more, I want it to become a habit. So I just, I just got this funny image as you talk about going to a movie by yourself. I'm picturing all these <laughs> listeners that joined you and there's this theater of all these people <laughs> sitting by just themselves individuals. with yeah. like 10 empty chairs around them. They're like, Hey, we all joined Trevor by ourselves. <laughs> hey, listen, that's fine. I'm totally, I'm totally cool with that. I just, I'm always going to sit in the second row 
from the top on the far left, the outside seat. So if you so, see him there, yeah, leave him alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> He's practicing self-care. No. Uh, yes, but no. Okay. Leave me alone. Don't go to my movies. Okay. So um, again, 2021, crazy year. Uh, a lot of things happened. A lot of a lot of bad things, a lot of difficult things happened, but a lot of good things are also happening. And um, my counselor recently told me that grieving something is yes, identifying and sitting with those things that we don't have, or the things that do hurt, or the things that we wish we had and we don't. But it's also looking at what we do have as a way to mm-hmm. um, to really absorb this posture of gratitude, identifying those things. And I think that's something we need to do, especially in the last couple of years we've had. Um, is grieve, but also really work toward gratitude. So we hope this episode has helped you reflect on this last year and really make a plan. Um, Cause I think that that's what we believe that if you can make a plan, you can work that plan and that's how health and recovery continues. So we hope that 2022 is a great year for you. Um, and Nick, for you and I, this is the end of our podcasting for 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it another we year. Did it. Yes. Another, another year, year in the books. Man. I know. We've another been doing year. this for wow. for four years, yeah. four and a half years now. But yeah, another year wrapped. And uh I just I'll say this. i you know this, but I want to say it publicly too. Like I appreciate the partnership that you and I we've been on a lot. We've done this a lot. Um, many, many, many. It's, and I think good stuff. I think we're a great team, and I love doing this with you. It's one of my favorite parts of my job, and so I appreciate you continuing to record these with me. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm just glad people are still listening. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have had to stop. That's right. Uh, so That's thank right. you to our listener because yes. it is. It's your feedback. It's the numbers of you that over the year have said it encourages you. You stumbled along the podcast. You stumbled upon the podcast yeah, at a yeah. time you really needed it. It's been helpful in your journey, and mm-hmm. that honestly is what fuels us to keep doing it. Yes, because you do. Cut, you look at the number, like two hundred thirty-five podcasts. Like, how is it that we haven't said everything we need to say yet? Right. How many episodes will it take? And yeah. it's, it's not necessarily about covering the topic. It's really the relationship we have with you, the listener, and encouraging yep. you. And I know many of you have just made us a regular part of your week. And for that, we're grateful. Very. And we hope each of you has a fantastic 2022 as well. And yeah, I enjoy it too, Trevor. So here's here's to another year. Let's do it. Go 2022. Let's do it. And remember, wherever you're at on your journey, Pure Desire is here to help create a roadmap for your healing. If you or someone you know is impacted by sexual brokenness or betrayal trauma, go to puredesire.org and let's start the healing journey today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Tell all your friends about it. Uh, Listen, we put out new content every week and we're trying to help you uh, on the road to healing and freedom. And lastly, never stop being healthy. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Every woman that takes a breath, this is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. Right. We, we are the last person, and sometimes we are taking care of everybody else, but we're the last person that we take care of. And that, I think, is my favorite part about these resources.